You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Well, once again, the uh, the world is ablaze with news, which, um, you know, somebody alluded to this on the Twitter machine, and I, I tend to find it true. We are in the throes of the off season. There's no question. However, that doesn't mean that there's really no um, football going on. Now, I've tried to tell you this in the past, too. I mean, the, the NFL really is a year-round sport. And that's not just a podcaster pleading with you to hang out. I mean, if, if, you, if you don't enjoy the off-season, then, you know, I, nothing I can do. If you're here, you probably enjoy it. So, preaching to the choir. But if you really think about it, I mean, if, if you like the, um, the combine and the draft and free agency and, and just the, the, the contract situations and tagging, trading, all that kind of stuff, there's maybe like a month of actual dead time. There's about a month right up... I mean, it's the calm before the storm. I mean, right before the season starts, where there is just nothing going on. But that ain't now. In fact, with the the season just coming to an end, um, massive, I mean, you've got 32 teams with massive question marks about who's staying and who's going. This is when you find out about major players that may be on new teams. This, This is also right prior to the draft and the combine and everything. There's no games coming up, but as far as like, intense NFL drama, we are in the deep throes of it. But um, the consensus seems to be, and I think it makes sense, that um, you know Pat McAfee just put on Twitter, they had a great vacation, took some time off, they will be back on Tuesday, and they got their big guest locked in. Or they'll be back this week, big guest locked in, whatever. It's not like they're just coming back for Tuesday. But obviously the assumption is the big guest is Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he would tease that if that wasn't the thing. But even if, um, you know, I, I don't know, I think people are reading too much into it, but it doesn't mean it's not true either. In other words, he's alluding to the fact that Aaron Rodgers is going to be on, which obviously means that Aaron Rodgers is going to make his big announcement. He's back, and so I don't know why Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be on his show. Maybe he doesn't have to in the offseason. I don't know. It, it doesn't have to be a thing, but still. Because he said he would announce it on Pat McAfee's show, and the fact that it sounds like Pat McAfee saying Rodgers is on, we're, we're assuming we're getting, we're getting our answer. Um, Again, I don't know that that necessarily has to be the case, but I think it makes the most sense either way. He said he would be able to do it rather uh, quickly. And, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, and, you know, he's, he can take however much time he wants, but the fact of the matter is we found out that uh, yesterday actually was a deadline for several players. Based on their, their um, structure, their contracts and whatnot, here is what uh, Ken Ingles had to say yesterday. Packers players Devondre Campbell, Robert Tunyon, Chandon Sullivan, and Kevin King all have 2022 contract voids triggering at midnight February 21st. Extensions must be done to prevent dead cap acceleration into the 2022 uh, cap, assuming is what, what he's trying to say there. King's is $3 million, Tunyon is $1.88, Sullivan $970,000, Campbell 808000 He goes on to say, if new deals are not done before Saturday night, which was last night, it lends to the idea the Packers will allow these guys to hit free agency. Now, well, yeah, he says Sunday night because it's midnight would technically be Sunday, whatever. Technically, it's Sunday morning, Ken. So stupid, man. Speaking of stupid, why, who came up with that? That makes me so angry. 12 noon is PM. No, 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 I'm I'm sorry. I guess the, uh, the numbers don't necessarily have to correlate with AM and PM, but I feel like they should. Seems like a reasonable time to turn over the numbers when we switch to the PM. Like, you get to 11, and then, you know, it's 11.59, and they're like, oh, uh, actually, in the next minute, it's going to be the second half of the day. It's the PM part of the day. Oh, wow. So are we going to go from, is this when we go from 11 to, to then 1? No. 
No. Why? Well, we need 12. We need two 12s. Well, then why don't we just shift it? Why don't we make that last hour 12 and then make the next hour one? And then what, what is 12 at the other? Well, that's, that's the first AM. That's, it's so, it's fine. I'll be fine. Everything's fine. I'm sure there's a reason. And I'm sure somebody's going to, somebody very smart is going to be in my DMs like, well, technically here's the reason. And I'm, I'm going to say, thank you for that. That's informative. It's still stupid. Just so we're all clear on how this whole conversation is going to go down. Anyways, I don't exactly fully understand how all this works. The reason I say that is because I have a couple thoughts, and it probably would be smart to reach out to Ken about this. But I didn't, because I didn't think until right now that I wanted to really think through what this means. And yes, we're going to get back to Rogers in just a second. This all ties together. Just let me, let me do my thing here. Let me, let, <laughs> I just got to let it run its course, man. The only question is, can I find my way back? But let's say Kevin King's sitting here, right? And the assumption is he's going to come back. But let's say he doesn't. Or, or scratch that. Let's say he didn't just sign an extension and it is now the 21st. What does that mean? Because Ken is saying it lends itself to the idea that the Packers will allow these guys to hit. So in other words, it's not necessarily. So, man, I, am, I'm, I should probably just let this go until I can marinate on this for a minute. Because I was thinking, well... Is it that we still have them under contract, but that three million hits our cap, and so we can still play them? But we we have to give them a new contract of some sort, right? Because it's not a void year; isn't even like a real thing. It's not even like a real tangible contract. It's a fake thing. So if you give them a new contract today, what does that mean? I mean, if we gave it to them yesterday, we still owe the three million. Right, we're not going to get out of that. If that was the case, then void years are, are, are actually magic, where you can just do as much money into void years as you want, and then as long as you give them a contract, then those void years disappear. That's impossible. Again, all that is real money that has to count on your cap. Although he did say dead cap acceleration. So maybe what that means is, well, let me look at Kevin King's contract. I'm sorry that I'm thinking this through live on the podcast, but I can't let this go right now. As a general rule, I like to have these things fleshed out before the podcast, but I didn't think about this. <laughs> it didn't occur to me to try to figure out what all this means until right now. Okay, so in Kevin King's case, I get it. So he's got, geez, I didn't even know this. He has four, four years of void years. So in this case, I completely understand what's happening here. If they give him a new contract, it's going to overlay the current void years. So there's $750,000 signing bonuses over the next four years. Let's say they give him four more years. I mean, Kevin King is 26 years old. He's turning 27 this year. That's crazy. So if we give him, and by the way, they're, they're showing on Track that it is a $3 million hit today. The reason they're saying it's a $3 million hit today is probably because it's the next day, and they're, they're assuming that a contract wasn't done. By the way, it may have been done. We, we, again, we will get to that. Bear with me. So there are four void years here for Kevin King, which is just insane to me. I don't know how I didn't know this. He wasn't even, there wasn't even that much money here. But the point is, if we, let's say we give him a four-year deal, and let's just say it's $10 million a year. I'm completely making that number up just for the sake of easy math. Don't get mad. Don't freak out. It doesn't mean anything. Just call it $10 million a year. That means every single year, and again, it's just flat $10 million. We're not doing any kind of anything. That means what we would actually owe per year is 10750000 which really isn't that bad. But that would be all four years because we have those void years that have to get added on. If we did not sign him last night, all of those void years get accelerated into 2020. Now, the only question I have is, is he still under contract or not? I'm, I'm thinking not because we essentially voided the last three years of the four, which would make me think we voided basically the entire contract. In other words, it got ripped up which would make him a free agent. But that isn't what Ken said, and it's not what it's making it sound like he's saying. So I, I don't think he's a free agent. So in other words, and, and it, it's not even necessarily a bad thing because I'm of the opinion we need to clean up our future cap. And if this is an, an, a situation where rather than paying 750000 over four years, we tack on $3 million to this year, and then we can sign him to a new contract. And, and within that contract, let's say it's a low contract because he's not really earned very much. If you can take a low contract and structure it as such so that it's really low this year and high in the coming years, you can structure this in such a way, let's just say, that his, his base salary is basically a million dollars. And so a million plus the three and then a couple other bonuses here and there, whatever. It would make it, 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 it's an unusual thing and it's hard to believe we would do this for Kevin King, especially when we're trying to clean up the cap now, but it would be somewhat of a higher hit this year and then it would kind of drop off. Again, I don't know how possible that is, but and I don't know how low we can get it depending on his contract because, again, there's the signing bonus. 
Although that gets distributed, so that wouldn't be that big of a deal. So yeah, I mean, if it's a if it's if you can structure it down, he's got his seven fifty on the void years. If the signing, what would his signing bonus be? If you got a five four year five million per year deal, twenty million, ten million dollar signing bonus over four years, two point five million, two point five one million base, three point five plus the three would be uh, six point five plus the seven fifty be over $8 million this year for Kevin King. That is kind of steep in a year when we really need to get out from this. I don't know. I'm just trying to do this off the top of my head. Otherwise, it would just mean that Kevin King is gone, which again, you're taking a heavy hit this year. That's what a lot of people are saying is it would be cheaper to keep Kevin King than to cut him because if you cut him, you accelerate the $3 million if you keep him. But again, that's I'm assuming they mean if you keep him with the old structure, not with a $3 million dead cap hit this year. It makes it harder to justify keeping him. Although, again, if you're going to keep him, this is almost the way I would prefer to do it. I'm, I'm very anti, you know, stuff like debt. <laughs> I just, I hate it. This is why. I, this is why I think even if I wasn't a Packer fan, I would have become a Packer fan once I found out how they handle their money. I get super stressed out about like, well, in the future we're doomed, and we. I hate all that. So I'm very uncomfortable with the way we've been doing things recently. So when I see we've got seven hundred fifty thousand dollars of essentially debt on top of Kevin King's contract. Or we can just pay it all up front. Just just cut the check, man. Let's clean this up. I want 2023 looking clean, son. 2023, 2024, just give me just, just let's get a clean slate going here, man. And the more we string these things along, um, the more problematic it becomes. And, and, and so, okay. All right. So I think that's sort of the baseline. There's a couple questions I have in there in terms of how it works. Do we still own the rights to Kevin King right now or, or not? The other thing reminding myself we're trying to get back to Aaron Rodgers here, but the other thing to keep in mind is we don't know that all four of these guys didn't sign contracts. The fact that it ticked over and we didn't get official word doesn't mean anything. The Packers are slow with this information. It is a little surprising that there hasn't been word from guys like um, Tom Silverstein, who I think is like the official newsbreaker for the Green Bay Packers these days. I mean, you've got Ian and all those guys that usually get some scoops, but it's, you know, smaller type stuff. Um, usually Tom is, is on top of the ball with that. Uh, the, the reason I think that maybe it's possible that some of these guys have signed contracts and we haven't heard about it is it kind of blew up on Twitter yesterday. I know JJ had sent it to me and whatnot, but um, on Instagram, Devondre Campbell posted on his Instagram that he's in Green Bay. He posted a picture of Lambeau. He showed a little location thing saying, this is where I am basically in, in Lambeau Field with like the two eye emojis, like, ooh, something's about to happen. Well, what do you think that is? At the same time, you've got Ken Ingles saying, hey, they got to do something with King, Tunyon, Sullivan, and Campbell tonight, or they're probably gone. And Devondre Campbell's in the building that day. It means Devondre Campbell probably signed a contract. And, and again, as many people have pointed out, it's very reasonable to think of all the people to come back, Devondre Campbell's relatively high on that list. I'm holding my breath in terms of how much money he's getting. Again, if it's, if it's a massive contract, I'm going to be a little sour toward it. If it's, if it's somewhat, I mean, he deserves money, no question about it. Even if it was a fluke, the, the amount of output he gave us means he's going to get a bump in pay, no question. But anyways, the, the point is, we don't know that that also applies to Tunyon, Sullivan, and Kevin King. So, if we don't hear word, we have to assume, or even so, we have to assume we just took about you know eight hundred thousand, nine hundred seventy thousand, one point eight million, and three million. All of those just became hits on our on our cap, which is again positive for the future, which I'm happy about. But it's a little bit more negative for today, and it creates a little bit more problem today. Which again, I'm I'm weird in that I'm I'm fine with that because I want 2023, 2024 to be just basically we're out of this. I want to touch on that a little bit. There was a Facebook spat that I was alerted to because, um, and by the way, I really do not spend enough time in there. I need to get in there more. But there was a, an argument that prompted a bunch of, uh, you know, things being reported. And by the way, I'm not going to be deleting any of those. Um, I admit it got a little heated, but I don't think there was anything that crossed the line to me needing to uh, delete stuff. So I apologize that he was, you know, maybe a little harsh. But at the same time, you know, don't engage with it. If, if you want it to be deleted, you can't argue with a guy and then want to delete all his responses either. Getting back to Aaron Rodgers now, the reason why you feel like Aaron Rodgers needs to start giving an answer is because stuff like this is already taking place. The Packers need to make decisions already. It's, we're already past the point where they need to start making decisions. Now, again, I think they already know what Aaron Rodgers is doing. It's actually quite impressive that if if I'm right that they've actually been able to keep this quiet. The Packers are one of the better teams in terms of keeping their lips sealed. 
which is frustrating as a fan because news leaks out about every team basically except the Packers, and most of the news leaks that come out of Green Bay are, are kind of fake. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's mostly speculation. It's not really like a leak. You know, that was even the, the um, I can't think of his name, Schefter. Even what Schefter was saying was, was basically um, speculation based on little tidbits of information that he was seeing and hearing, I guess. But the Packers do a great job of being really tight-lipped. So um, presumably Aaron Rodgers has given his, the information needed to the Packers so that they can make information about guys like Devondre Campbell. And if I'm the Packers, I'm going to reach out to Aaron Rodgers and like, look, I want to respect your, your, um, I want to respect your time and all that stuff. But also we got to know if we're keeping some of these guys or not. And uh, it's kind of important to know how this cap is going to shake out, depending on if you're going to be here or not. So I don't know. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't say anything. But if he did, again, it's just a surprise. Be, well, it, even because, you know, if that phone call was made, then you're going to have, unless Brian Gutekunst is locked in his office doing all these moves by himself without talking to anybody, the point is generally you're going to talk to people. Because you're having meetings, you're doing all these things about, you know, I don't know what to do, depending on Aaron Rodgers. And then all of a sudden, Brian Gutekunst comes in, he's like, all right, we're good. Let's sign this guy, this guy, this guy, and we're going to cut this guy, this guy. In other words, we move forward with the plan out of nowhere. The plan that says Aaron Rodgers comes back, everybody knows what's going on. And it just takes one person to be like, dude, uh, he's coming back for sure. Again, he may not give an answer, but we are officially in the territory where the longer he holds out his answer from the Packers, the more they're going to have to, they're, they're going to have to essentially operate as though he's coming back, right? Because that's the most um, unfortunate financial situation to be in. And maybe the fact that Aaron Rodgers knows that, if he's planning on coming back, that would be his, his prerogative to just say, well, they'll, they'll assume I'm coming back and start cutting guys, and then they'll be fine when I come back. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, since we're kind of already talking about it, um, might as well continue on here. I'm not going to engage publicly in the spat that took place on, on here, but I, I want to engage with um, sort of the general themes of it, because um, despite the silliness of it, people getting as angry as they are about things that are not worth getting that angry about. First of all, and it's kind of interesting because I had somebody, who was it? Somebody asked me this on Twitter, and then all of a sudden it's on, um, maybe it was Patreon. I don't remember, but somebody just recently asked me something to the effect of why it is that everybody is so high on Russ Ball. Maybe it was because of the Facebook thing, and then somebody saw that and came over and asked me. Uh, I don't know. Um, oh, there you go. JJ on uh, on Patreon. Says, convince me why Russ Ball is really good at his job and a cap wizard like Twitter says he is. Um, I, I can't do that. I, the, the only thing I know for a fact is that the Packers were, were never in a million years going to let him go. They didn't want him to be the GM because... He's, he's not the guy that's going to be doing drafting and developing and free agents and all that kind of stuff. Well, developing isn't a GM job. But they absolutely could not, under any circumstances, let him go. They understood the value he brought in, in his ability to work contracts and everything, essentially giving him a role that is on par with GM. I mean, even it's even funny to hear um, when Aaron Rodgers discusses the, the organization. He says, Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst, Russ Ball, Matt LaFleur. I mean, it's, it's, he's on that tier. I mean, there, there's a huge amount of personnel guys in that building. He doesn't mention any of them, but he mentions Russ Ball. Why? Because Russ Ball is basically Brian Gutekunst. They're like GM1 and GM2. So I know that it is the Packers' opinion that he is a super genius. I think some of the skepticism, and I don't know if this is where JJ's thing comes from, but having looked in the Facebook group, I, I wonder about it. Some of the skepticism about Russ Ball is how the things have been handled recently. But I don't think that's Russ Ball trying to do his best to protect our salary cap. Russ Ball's job isn't, isn't to even come up with a plan necessarily. Russ Ball is to make the plan work. Brian Gutekunst is the one that said, we need to bring these guys back and kind of go all in. That was the plan. Maybe Russ Ball had some input in that as well, as did Mark Murphy and Matt LaFleur and all these guys. And talking with Aaron Rodgers, it's, it's a collaborative effort. But the point is, this was the plan put in place, and Russ Ball's job is to make it work as best as you can. And there is no way to make it work unless you start to get more aggressive with the salary cap. So it doesn't make sense to argue that Russ Ball is a complete idiot. Again, this is not what JJ is saying, but this is seemingly what is being implied in the Facebook group. Russ Ball is an idiot for hurting our salary cap in the future. Russ Ball did the only thing he could do in restructuring the contracts in such a way that we can do what we did with the players we did, which was not Russ Ball's plan. That was the plan that was foisted on him. So if you've got a better way to bring all those guys back and not hurt the cap in the future, then maybe you could argue Russ Ball's an idiot, but there is no way to do that. So you can't really argue that. So in other words, he was, he was essentially, and I don't want to say forced again, because he's 
I'm sure he's part of the decision-making process, but he's not a major part if he's any part. If he was asked to get us under the salary cap for this year and to protect the cap, he, he could have done different things. But it's, it's up to essentially Brian Gutekunst largely to decide who stays and who goes and what the general direction of the team is. And so seemingly, and I think a lot of people are doing a victory lap right now because we didn't win the Super Bowl, so therefore the plan didn't work, therefore I was right, which is silly. If the plan is you're constantly in a rebuild unless you're going to win, then you're never going to get out of a rebuild because your plans are almost always going to lose, <laughs> right? It just it doesn't matter. The Bengals might as well just forget Joe Burrow, just tear it down, rebuild it. Didn't work, right? That's not the thing. And, and, and listen, this is coming from somebody that hates this. I hate all of this. I hate the void years. I hate all this big money stuff. But at the same time, we also tried Ted Thompson's way for many years and didn't get anything out of that either. So it makes sense to try something different. Not a fan of it. I'm okay if we never go back to it. Let's clean up the cap and let's stick with what Ted and Ron Wolf built here, which is draft and develop, and we'll keep ourselves. We're, we're, we're never going to have a ton of cap space because generally we have a really good team, so we have to spend a lot of money to keep these guys. But we never find ourselves in a situation where we're looking at Devontae going, I don't think we can afford him. But that, that would be my first thing. I, I can't say to you why uh, Russ Ball is a genius. I don't, I don't know that Russ Ball knows things or does things better than anybody else. I think there's this false perception that other teams are able to make salary cap just disappear and the Packers never seem to do that. Therefore, Russ Ball is not a genius. Nobody is making salary cap money disappear. It's, it's all just being shifted around in different ways. And I don't know that there are other teams that can't do the same things that Russ Ball does. I, I don't know. All I know is the Packers felt like he was a, if they didn't offer him this massive title, he was going to be a GM somewhere. And they could not let that happen. But they also could not let Brian Gutekunst go. And we can see why. His ability to acquire talent is insane. And in fact, the other way to look at this, the reason our salary cap is such a mess is because we have way too much talent. You say we spend too much money. That's true. We spend too much money because we have too much talent. I've spent two years going down a list of how many elite players we have and telling you that almost no other teams have as many really high-performing guys as we do. Well, that comes at a cost. I'd love to have $70 million in cap space too in a vacuum until you realize that in order to have $70 million in cap space, you have to have a pretty crap team. Because if you didn't, you'd be paying them. Unless, of course, all of your players were either breakout candidates like Devondre Campbell, who are eventually going to get paid, or our, our draft picks, who, again, are eventually going to get paid, which is another burden that we're going to have, is that on top of already having a way too talented team that we can't afford, we've got a young crop of guys that are about to get massively paid, like Jair Alexander and Rashawn Gary. So that is a problem. It's a good problem, but it's a problem that you have to figure out how to navigate. Because there is a reality that you, there there is a line at which you can't have too much talent. It's why winning the Super Bowl becomes problematic for you, because... First of all, you probably have a lot of talent because you won the Super Bowl, but then everybody gets more expensive. And it's why after a Super Bowl, a lot of guys end up going bye-bye because you just can't afford to keep everybody. I mean, after Seattle finally won, it was, it was lights out. I mean, after that, it was just one after the other because they just had so much talent. And a lot of that talent was just recently drafted and acquired, so it wasn't all that expensive. But when you have that much elite talent on your defense, especially, not even including Russell Wilson, but I mean, you got Russell Wilson and whoever else would be on the offense. I don't even know who it would be. A couple of the wide receivers, I guess, but that defensive line, the linebackers, the corners, the safeties, I mean, we're talking best in the league. You just can't afford it. So is Russ Ball a genius? Is he an idiot? I don't, I, I, I don't think he's an idiot. I think he, he's able to do what he's asked to do. And I think that's what's important about it. We, we need to come up with a vision for the team and he needs to help execute that vision via the contract. And that's what he's been doing. Part of that is, by the way, making the impossible seem possible. Remember, we were not in a good position last year, and a lot of things that were seen to be impossible last year are seemingly impossible, are, are were possible because it happened uh, last year. And so, um, I would, at the very least, wait to see how things pan out this year before we declare the guy either a genius or an idiot. Because right now we're being told by pretty much everybody on Twitter and everywhere else that everybody's got to get cut. We can't afford anybody and everyone's going to go bye-bye and we can't afford Jair and we can't afford any of these guys and all this stuff. Okay, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they put a plan in place, which included Russ Ball, whose his job is to not just make this year work, but to look at how this pans out in the future with a whole bunch of hypotheticals. If this pans out, then we're going to have to do this. If this goes this way, then we do this. So they know the plan. They know who's coming and who's going, with the exception of a couple people that they still have to negotiate with, like Devante. But they probably have a contingency such as a tag for him as well. So I can't convince you because I don't know. And even if I did point out a couple things that he did that were really... Genius is such a stupid word to use here, but really smart. I don't know the other 31 teams aren't doing similar things. And really, it just comes down to philosophy. 
different teams operate in different ways. It's not that Russ Ball's a genius and everybody else is an idiot. It's just, I mean, maybe, maybe the overall philosophy and plan of other teams is, is dumb, but they hire guys that'll execute that plan for them. So, um, all, again, all I know is the Packers really love Russ Ball. They know that he's very coveted around the league based on what he can do with contract. And blaming him for the contract situation we're in now doesn't make any sense. He was told to work the contract so that we can bring back these guys, and there is no way to do that without hurting the cap in the future. Here's the other issue I had with the debate that took place in the uh, Facebook group, and that is that we're completely screwed in the future. Now, we may be, depending on if we keep kicking the can down the road, but it's also been very clear to me uh, that you can get out from under this relatively quickly. Again, with that Kevin King situation, you, know, you look at four void years and all these things. Oh, we're doomed. We're never going to get out of this. We're, we have the worst salary cap in football. The, the turnover is incredibly fast. And so again, just looking at Kevin King, if we allowed that to accelerate, we're out of his contract. Right? We take a hit this year. Next year, it's completely wiped free. Same with Zedarius. If we cut Zedarius, we take a hit this year. Next year, completely out from under it. It's as though it didn't exist. It has no bearing on our future. That's what I think we need to start doing. I, I don't know, and I, I get this feeling that the Packers are going to continue to operate in this way, and I don't want them to do that because that is a negative, and I agree with that. That's a bad situation. I'm not on board with that. And again, that's not Russ Ball's fault necessarily, I don't think. Maybe, who knows? Maybe he's on board with it, but, but I, I genuinely think it has to do with largely Mark Mur- uh, uh, Brian Gutekunst with the blessing of Mark Murphy to pick the direction of the team. And I think Russ Ball is largely just the guy to execute that and make sure that it works. Make sure that the salary cap doesn't cripple us at, at some point. Because that, that's the other thing you look at and say, well, it's, it's crippling us right now. No. I would say we're crippled when we get to the point where we can't build a good team because of the amount of dead cap that we have. The point is, though, we have a good team. I mean, the dead cap is always negative. That's always a negative, and that always sucks. But again, the, the bigger issue isn't dead cap. The bigger issue is big contracts, and we have big contracts for good players. So it's not that we're crippled because we have such a unbelievably talented roster but don't have the ability to add in free agency because we're, we're, we're at zero. Yeah, well, we're at zero because we're spending money on talented players largely. And I know there is some dead cap. And again, let's try to get as much dead cap as possible. I'm, I'm on board with let's eat as much dead cap as possible because I want to get clear the slate. I want it done. I want it off our, our book. Because that, that was one of the things that was brought up is the idea that, well, the, the salary cap is going to spike. And the counteraction to that is, well, it spikes for all 32 teams. So if, if we're dead last in, in, in cap hell and the salary cap spikes, we're still dead last, which the issue with that is we're kind of moving the goalposts because the point is we can't afford everybody. But if the, if the salary cap spikes, we can. The fact that we're dead last doesn't make any difference. The fact is, can we afford to do what we're doing? And the answer is yes. So that answers that question. We, we, we're still going to have less cap space, but who cares? We're not talking about going and getting more guys. We're talking about, can we get under the cap with the way the cap is now? And the answer to that question is yes. But to the other camp's point, it would sure be nice to get out from under this so that when the the spike hits, we can kind of take advantage of it and do something with it and not just be burdened with contracts that are overlapping each other. And you're spending money on players that are, that are too much money. Like I, like I said, for Kevin King, you have a contract that you think is reasonable, but you also have this dead cap money just laying over the top of it. And that's just one guy. $750,000 isn't going to kill you in a year. I mean, it's a million bucks. It's not great. But if you've got 12 different players who have just this funny money sitting on top of it, and you've got $20 million of just stupid money, not even counting the dead money. This is separate money. This is, this is void year money sitting on top of new money on top of the dead cap money. There's so much just wasted money out there that's drawing down our ability to, to bring in talent. So again, my thought is, and again, getting away from Russ Ball, because I don't know. I, I, I don't think there's any real reason to trash the guy, but I, it's possible that it's, his hype is overinflated. I don't know. I just Again, the only thing I can think is that the NFL generally disagrees. The, the Packers gave him his spot because they knew he would get hired in a second. And they couldn't pick between Russ Ball and Brian Gutekunst, so they essentially made them co-GMs. So I, I guess I'm kind of towing the line between the two different arguments. I'm very anti-continuing this path. I don't like it. I also don't think Russ Ball is to blame for it. I also don't think that I, I'm fully against doing it. I think there was some rationale to, you know, let's put our foot on the gas. We're real close. Let's just see what we got. We tried it. We failed. And I also understand that, you know, this whole all-in thing, it's not perpetual. It can't be. You know, the Saints did it, and then they're like, all right, let's do it one more time, and then they just completely imploded. The Rams did it. It sounds like they might do it one more time. 
I mean, you can do the process of continually cleaning up just enough so that you can keep doing it. But again, you're accumulating dead money, fake money, void money, which means you have essentially you're just lowering your cap. You're operating with a smaller cap, which means you can acquire less talent, keep less talent, et cetera, et cetera. It's a bad situation overall. Interestingly enough, people that are really big proponents of going all in like it because they think they're maximizing talent. But when you look at what's happening with the salary cap, you're, you're not maximizing your talent. If the Green Bay Packers under Ted Thompson had a very clean salary cap, meaning very, very little dead money and zero void money, and they at the end of the year or, or you know during the season had $5 million on the cap, they were actually spending more money on talent than the all-in team is. Why? Because the all-in team is also at, at basically zero. But a lot of their money is being spent on garbage, not players. On top of that, when you go out and get free agents, you're paying for overpriced players a lot of the time. Now, the Packers didn't, fortunately, because they didn't have enough money to do it. So they bought guys that were really cheap who happened to pan out. So it ended up working brilliantly. But at the end of the day, generally, free agency is a way to um, be really cap inefficient. Even if they're good players, you're still overpaying for them. So yeah, I'm, I'm of the, the, and I know we didn't win a bunch under Ted Thompson, but we didn't win a bunch with this plan either, or at all for that matter. So if it's up to me, I think it makes more sense to have a clean salary cap, meaning very, very little dead money. So we get to use as much money as we can. I mean, really think about it as debt. If I give you a thousand dollars, right? Just forget about taxes and all that stuff. Let's, you, you work for me and I give you a thousand dollars a month and you can use that thousand dollars for your enjoyment. If you have no debt, you could spend all thousand dollars do whatever you want. That's a fun night on the town for a thousand bucks. But let's say when you go out, you start spending a thousand one thousand one hundred dollars, and you just take on you know use a credit card for the extra hundred bucks, and you do that like every night. I know this doesn't make sense because it's a month and a night. Fine, I pay you a thousand dollars. I pay you a hundred dollars a day just to go have fun. One guy spends a hundred bucks and maximizes his time. Another guy spends you know one hundred and fifty dollars a night, and he puts the other fifty on a credit card. The guy who had $150 on a credit card had more fun. The problem is the debt's come and due. And so now I give you $100, and let's just say I also own the bank, so you owe me money. So I want interest back on that money. So I'm going to give you $100, but I'm actually only going to give you 90 because, you know, I got to take out 10 for, for paying down the debt. So then you use a credit card and then you spend 60 so that you get 90 plus 60 makes up the 150 because I want to go out and have 150 again. Well, now I, you owe me 20, so I'm going to give you 70 bucks. You see what I mean? We're in, we're in a death spiral now. And I would rather be the guy that has $100 to spend on my night than a guy who has 50 bucks and the rest is going to debt. So let's clean up the debt, get as close to $100 as we can because I want to spend all that $100. I want to spend all of our salary cap on talent, not dead money, not void years, not all this BS. We got to clean this up. We got to get out of it. That's why the, the whole Kevin King thing, it makes me sick to see that we got four void years. I don't want to live through four void years. And as much as it makes it, well, if we just give them a contract, then we don't have to accelerate this $3 million into this year. It's such a, I don't want to get all, you know, financial, whatever, anti-debt on the podcast necessarily, but we, we have such a debt-laden culture that I really think it, it plays into what people think we should do with this, the, with the salary cap. Most people look at Kevin King's thing and say, we can owe $750,000 over four years if we give him a new contract, or we can take on $3 million dead cap hit this year, which is actually going to be more expensive this year. And they're like, oh, forget that. I'm not, why should we, we're trying to, you mean we can keep them for less? Well, let's keep them. No, it's not less to keep them. It's more to keep them. When you look at the full spectrum of time, it's a lot more because we have to pay the full $3 million anyways. Now we just added a new contract on top of it that we're going to have to get out of eventually anyways. So you're still paying the debt. You're paying the debt over four years, which is going to hurt us over four years. And we have a Kevin King contract on top of it. That's not less. That's more. And I'm looking at it saying, I, I, listen, I know it sucks when, when we're flat broke. And I don't know if we can afford $3 million to make Kevin King go away. And I, it's an unfair way to say it. And again, I'm, I'm happy with his his play over the last year. And as a, you know, if we can get him for cheap, I understand it makes sense. But I'm just saying in general with the void years, I want him gone. I, we need this cap getting clean, especially if Aaron Rodgers is going to be here for a long time. Wouldn't it be nice to have the money? Wouldn't it be nice to clean it up over the next two years so that when the salary cap goes through the roof, we can take advantage of it rather than just being on the other side of it going, oh, hey, we're at zero. Thanks. Thanks, TV deals. Thanks, gambling. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Right, that's, that's like raising your credit limit so we can keep spending on the credit card. Hey, we can go back to 150. Nice. No, not nice. That's like everybody else got a raise. Like, hey, you all get $150 to go out. 
Hey, thanks, bud. But, well, you don't. You you will be getting 100 because you owe me $50. Well, hey, I'm at 100 right? All right, I got my 100 back. Where's my credit card? Let's ruin that, too. You got to get out of this. You got to clean it up. You can't keep doing this. So, again, as far as the Twitter argument, I'm kind of on both sides of it. Um, I'm fine that we tried it. Um, I think we were close. I think we had the team that could have done it. They just didn't execute. You know, there's, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Brian Gutekunst, Russ Ball, these guys, their job is to put together the best possible team to try to win. They put together a really, really good team, didn't execute. That sucks. What do we do moving forward? The only thing I know is that we have to clean this up. Even if you want to go all in again, great. Can't do it this year. Got to clean it up first. Clean it up, get your $100 back, and then do it again. That's not my preference, but that's what you have to do if you want to try this like big all-in thing. Now, it's sort of like another way to look at it, if you want to look at this analogy that I'm talking about, it's kind of like if you're running a mile and um, Ted Thompson likes to pace himself. You know, Ted Thompson would be the guy that just finds a, a, a consistent jogging speed so that he's going to be really tired by the time he's done, but he's going to just make it at one consistent speed. That was Ted Thompson's dra- uh, philosophy. What Brian Gutekunst has done is he says, we're going to sprint to try to get done before everybody else. The problem is he got tired and he didn't make it. So what does he have to do? He has to rest. And so now Ted is jogging probably past him because he's got to kind of slow down, even walk to try to catch his breath. But once he catches his breath, he can sprint again. I, I don't know who's going to end up finishing first. I don't know what the better philosophy is. But what I do know is Brian Gutekunst is, is at the point where he's, he's gasping for air. He needs to stop and he needs to walk for a minute which is the part where we start letting guys go that we ordinarily wouldn't. We start cutting guys. We start dealing with dead caps so that we're going to have a pretty, I don't want to say bad year, but um, worse than it should be because a lot of the money that we don't have is going to be money that we should have, but we spent it last year, so it's gone, right? Last year and the year before, we were spending this year's money. That's the problem. That's what debt is. You're spending your future money. That's why I hate it. So we got to walk. And, I, and I, again, I think we can get out of it quickly if that's what we are trying to do. And, and, and guys like Russ Ball can make that happen relatively quickly. There's a ton of turnover. And there is an issue with, you know, with, there's some of these we can't get out of because we can't afford it, which is just crazy to me. We can't afford to get out of debt. <laughs> we can't afford to make good financial decisions to spend less money. That's too expensive. But again, over two years, yeah. But the problem is, if we dig in our heels and we say, no, what we're going to do is give extensions and what we're going to do is push out even more money with, you know, uh, Kenny Clark and David Bakhtiari, there's a ton of talk about we're just going to restructure these. And maybe we have to, which sucks, but the point is it sucks. And it's just, it's just it, we're, we're just swiping the credit card and we just keep having less and less every year. And that is going to hurt us because we have less money than everybody else. We have to start getting out of this. We have to. I don't exactly know what that looks like. I'm sure there's a lot of different scenarios you can run, but it's got to happen. And I'll, I'll be honest, if, if Kevin King did not get re-signed, I, I take that as a good sign because I think Kevin King did a good job. I think you could easily justify him coming back. And I think you can look at it and say, considering he's, we're potentially saving money to keep him as opposed to cutting him, that's this easy situation where you can make a, a bad decision. You can easily justify it and hurt the future to save today. And if they don't do it, that's a positive sign that they're willing to hurt today to help tomorrow. And that's what I want to start seeing the Packers do. Not necessarily destroy, right? Because remember, when Brian Gutekunst came here, they did a rebuild on a team that looked like it was destined for just doom. Took them a year, fixed it. That's what I want to see happen here. I know it's it's basically magic that happened over there, but that's a different kind of magic. That is a, that is a we need a new coach, we need a new culture, we need to clean up the locker room, and we need to find all new players. And he did that in one year. I think this is an easier task to undertake. Let's clean up the mess. That's a, that's a math equation. Dealing with people is completely unpredictable. Dealing with numbers, it's, it's, I mean, it's literally 100% predictable. They work the same every time. The only question is, it's not can they, it's will they. And I really hope this, if bringing Rodgers back means we're going to continue the all-in thing, then I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm not on board with it. Well, it gives us our best chance to win. Yeah, probably, but, but it gives us a diminishing chance every single year. We can't just hold on to Rodgers forever. He has to go away, and I don't want him to go away having never won because we just keep hurting our cap, which means, again, we, we have less and less talent around Rodgers. And Rodgers starts to deteriorate, and Devontae starts to deteriorate, and all of our guys start to go away, and we have no ability to bring anybody in that's a free agent. We're completely dependent on the draft, and that's, of, of course, going to be hit or miss. And then Rodgers leaves, and we just have nothing because all of our good players had to leave because we couldn't resign. And Rodgers is gone, and we, you know, we, we could draft a few guys, but we have no... And again, it'll get cleaned up in a year or two, no problem, after two years of hell. 
but it's just it's an unnecessary path. So I think that does need to be a part of this. You know, we want Rodgers back. We're going to continue to be aggressive, but not stupid. In other words, I, I want to have players around you, and we have players around you. You have David Bakhtiari, you have Elton Jenkins, you you have Josh Myers, who again hopefully is going to continue to grow. We may keep Billy Turner. I don't know. So you, you've got that, and we're going to try to keep Devonte for you. Which you know, I don't know if you can do that responsibly or not. But I still think that would be a Ted Thompson thing. I think Ted Thompson would do that and sign him to a. This is the thing: when you sign guys, and people freak out about the contracts, sign them as you would before. You, you've always made them very back heavy to begin with. That's just the way you structure things, right? With the um, real heavy signing bonus and all that kind of stuff. Structure it as though. Everything is just the way that it was. So that when we clean this up, everything is the way that it was. Signing Devontae is not an anti-Packers thing to do. We've always done that. The only problem with it is it makes it hard. It's hard because of the things that we've done everywhere else. But I want to clean underneath as we continue on. Signing Devontae is exactly what the Packers have always done. And I want them to continue doing what they've always done. It's going to cause some problems because we we have so much garbage, but we're going to clean up that garbage. And again, Devontae is going to be cheaper, but he's going to get more expensive. But by the time he gets more expensive, we've cleaned up the mess. So that's why I'm not worried about it, and I'm willing to pay him. And, and if, generally speaking, the Packers would look at it and say, you know what, $25 million is steep, but we're willing to do it, and Devontae is willing to sign it, even if it seems untenable now, it's going to be fine because, again, by the time he becomes expensive, our salary cap has been cleaned up, and we got the cap spike, and everything else is fine. I'm not worried about that so long as we're planning on being responsible in the future. Same with Aaron Rodgers. We're going to give him a new contract. Great. Sign him to exactly what you think he's worth based on the salary cap. Structure it the way you always structure it. It's fine so long as we're not continuing the nonsense. Guys like Z got to go. We're going to take a hit, but that's going to get cleaned up by next year. It's gone. Just poof, vanished. That's that's my hope. That's my desire. And I, I'm going to be very concerned if that's not what we're doing. And I, I am worried that they're so beholden to Aaron Rodgers. They, they, they make me nervous the way that they're so bent over backwards for Aaron Rodgers. Makes me very nervous. And I think that is a large part of the aggression. And I, I don't mean to absolve Brian Gutekunst. I think he agreed with it. He went along with it. So he has full culpability in it. He is in charge, whether uh, anybody wants to acknowledge that or not. And again, I'm not even trying to necessarily say it was a bad plan. It's just you tried it. It didn't work. We got to do something else. And I want this to be as smooth of a landing as possible, right? We're hitting a ton of turbulence. Things are getting a little crazy. We're, you know, it's, it's going to hit pretty hard when we hit the ground, but let's try not to nosedive. Let's not try to crash this freaking plane. Let's take a rocky landing. Let's land it safely, refuel, and take off. I'm talking about we're out of here in 20 minutes. And, and the thing is that the, the team can still compete with cutting back. If you have an improved offensive line and the running backs that you have, you still have Aaron Rodgers, you still have Devontae, you presumably brought in another wide receiver, you got Tunyon coming back maybe, on top of DeGuara potentially growing, you've still got Kenny Clark, you've still got Rashawn Gary, you presumably have Devondre Campbell, you at least have Darnell Savage. It may not be as good, but you know what? The quality of the roster is still going to be as good as teams that are out there winning. So there's no excuse. You take the guys that you can afford with responsible contracts and you go win football games and you do your best to win. That's what you do. And then the next year, the salary cap goes up. You've largely cleaned up the mess and you can participate. You can partake. You can go out responsibly, get some some new free agents. Anyways, I feel like I've exhausted that. And that took way longer than it should have. But why don't we go ahead and take a break and um, we'll be back soon. I want to remind you to head over to the Facebook group. Um, There is a GoFundMe there for our friend Cody. Uh, who's going through a really hard time. His fiance, um, Jamie, and her one-year-old middle child Carter were struck head-on by a vehicle that crossed over their lane on Highway 20. Both were airlifted to Iowa City with major injuries. I'm not going to read the whole thing again, but again, this is about as devastating a news as a person can get. Yeah, he's a Packer fan, longtime listener, and is just asking the Packers community to possibly reach out and help, which I see many people have already done and uh, really appreciate that. So anything you can give, um, again, this is the same thing that I'm trying to do with um, our friend Drew. You know, it's, it's fun to do fun stuff. It's fun to raise money for, for, you know, whatever. And you guys have helped me with, you know, a new computer, a new laptop, um, you know, raising money for all kinds of stuff. You guys raise money to get me to go to some barbecue thing just because you guys appreciate what I do. But th- this is this is different. This is real life struggles for people. Again, Drew with his epilepsy and um, Cody is going to be um, taking a lot of trips back and forth to um, to take care of his family. He's got some some pictures up over there. So that was a dagger right in the old heart. But I hope they're doing good. And um, again, if you got if you got anything, can give anything, that would be greatly appreciated. 
Otherwise, just uh, be sure to keep them in your thoughts and uh, say a prayer for their family and uh, hope that they're doing well. The other uh, GoFundMe uh, you can find pinned to my Twitter. So um, Cody, whose family was in a wreck, you can find over on Facebook. That's pinned to the announcements over there. Um, If you want to give to Drew for his seizure service dog, you can find that pinned to the top of my Twitter. And don't forget about A Modern Frontier. My buddy Adam is starting a new business. Um, He was laid off from his job. And so I guess the theme of the offseason is trying to help people when they're down. A little bit more of a positive news, a bit of news with Adam, though, because he's looking to start a new business. So there's um, some potential positives on the other side. So if if you're interested in the market for getting some uh, meat delivered to your door, head over to A Modern Frontier. Use promo code MEATPACKER, one word, all caps. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I think since we may be coming to the end um, with the possibilities for Aaron Rodgers, I want to make sure we get this in. This was several days ago I asked this question. This was February 14th, so it was a, it was a week ago. Um, will Aaron Rodgers be back in 2020? Yes, no. Uh, excuse me. Yes, no, we're re- he's retiring, and no, we're trading him are the options. 58 votes. This was on Patreon, by the way, if you want to jump in, patreon.com forward slash back underscore daddy. Thank you, by the way. We got a new patron, which is rare these days. I'm losing about uh, five for every new person that comes on. Thank you, first of all, for Zach. I don't know if I mentioned this, but for upping your pledge, as well as Evan R for jumping on board. Down to 267. We're just purging over here. But uh, just just one buck a month will get you involved in the, anytime I do Q&As or polls or anything like that, um, you'll be involved in all those things. But anyways, out of the 58 respondents, 44 said, yes, he's coming back. Two said, no, he's retiring. 12 said, no, we're trading him. Uh, I want to get to a couple of the comments here just to see where everybody's at on this. Goose said um, kind of similar sentiments to what I've said. He said, I voted yes because that's what I expect to happen. But if it isn't a long-term deal, then he can't get out fast enough. Brian commented on that, said 100% what I was going to write. Three years is the minimum. I think we're about to see how, quote, about the people he really is. 
And again, I have no expectation of a small deal with Aaron Rodgers. It may not be 45 as some people are making it out to be. I don't know. I just, I don't think it'll be team friendly. I don't, and I don't, I don't even know, like if, if it's a $40 million deal, are people going to freak out and say that's expensive? Or are they going to say, wow, he got a team friendly because he's worth 45? I don't know. I don't know how that's going to pan out, but hopefully we'll find out soon enough and we can work from there. Wayne says, this is low hanging fruit. He will not retire the same year as Brady. Packers front office said uh, time and time again, they don't want to trade him. There isn't a team out there that will provide a better opportunity for Aaron to win and be a team the Packers will want to make a trade with. Uh, then there's the issue of how much is the other team willing to give up. In other words, very obvious to Wayne that he is coming back. Uh, Alexi says, I'm so tired of this drama. He wants to retire. Great choice. He wants to stay and play. Even better. Let's go. Best for the team is to trade him. No question about it. Two firsts, I'd take that in a heartbeat. Goot's first round pick uh, have been gold. Will it happen? No, probably not. Uh, they will try again and dig themselves deeper into cap hell a la Saints. As long as there's no whining and drama and Paulo Coelho book, especially during the season, I'm okay with him staying. <laughs> That's right, Alexi. I think Alexi was the one talking to me about that book. I can't exactly remember the context of it, but I think I was talking about it and he said it's really not that good of a book. I think. I don't know. Anyways, he says, but if he spends more time with his buddies than in the training facility, don't really want him back. I'm a Green Bay Packer fan, not an AR-12 fan. AR-12 is great and super fun to watch, but he's not the team. I, I think I've agreed with pretty much every single one of these. Um, I think I'm on board. And, and again, it's because I don't know for sure what Russ Ball is able to do and what they're able to, you know, th there's a lot here and you'd have to run a lot of simulations. And in order to do that, you'd have to understand how things work to begin with. So I haven't even tried. But if you can bring back Rodgers and Devontae for an, an extended period of time and clean up the cap in the meantime, even if that means losing a couple guys for now, I'm, I'm on board. Otherwise, yeah, I, either, either way, I'm, I, I would be happy with a trade. Not happy in terms of I think we're going to be great. I understand it's going to cause problems, but it's going to cause problems either way. And Rodgers is going to leave in the near future either way, depending on your definition of near. And again, my, the only thing that I am absolutely terrified of is getting nothing for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and um, he, his, his value will never be higher than it is now. But anyways, I know I'm, I'm saying a lot of different things at once because they're all true. Um, it's just, just the way it is. Do you want him back? Oh yeah, for sure. Would you like to trade him? Dude, for sure. <laughs> Mark says, the only thought about him possibly leaving is that he might want to do what Manning, Brady, and Stafford have done. I agree with uh, Wayne. Rodgers won't retire the same year as Brady. He won't want that comparison until he compares more favorably. So that is possible. Um, in other words, the idea that, hey, Tom left and went somewhere else and won. Stafford left and went somewhere else and won. Both of those teams went to teams that just went absolutely crazy going all in. Again, the Packers kind of did too, but who knows what his thought process is. Maybe he just thinks this isn't how the Packers are built. They suck at going all in. A different team will do a better job. Um, I don't know. Plus, they're not all tied up in a bunch of other free agents like Zedarius and everybody else. So I, I don't know. I don't know what the thought process is. But he's also a guy that's just, you know, seems like he's open to new experiences. So maybe he would be willing to do that. But yeah, I don't know. Nevin says, I think he's coming back, but I really hope they're not blowing up the cap for one or two more years. I'd rather him retire now and see what we have in Jordan Love. Re retire is not the answer, Nevin. <laughs> Some people actually are very, very pro-retire because they don't want to end up going up against him. They don't want to see him succeed somewhere else. I couldn't give a crap. Even if he, even if you told me he's going to go somewhere else and win a Super Bowl, do you still want to trade him? Yes. Because the guys we're going to, he, he's going to win one year Super Bowl, he's going to retire, he's gone forever. We're still going to have all that draft capital. Not only the two first-round picks from, from last year, but we're going to have two first-round picks this year, a bunch of seconds and thirds and all kinds, all kinds of goodies. And those guys are going to be on the team for at least four years, if not five, six, seven, eight, nine. So if you told me you're going to get a massive haul, but he's going to go somewhere and win a Super Bowl, would you still want it? It's not even a question. I don't care. I'm not that petty. Yeah, have fun. Yeah, that sucks. And it's going to sting. And it's everyone, ha ha, Packer, you're so stupid. You couldn't win with a man. Yeah, 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 I get it. Whatever. Anyways, moving on. Because at the end of the day, as much as that stings, the question is, how do we best build this team for the future? That's always the question. Every year, no matter what, that is the question. This year, next year, and beyond, how do we do what is best for this team? Aaron Rodgers' success somewhere else has no bearing on this team, aside from the fact that if he wins a Super Bowl, obviously we can't, but whatever. We had very low probability of winning either way if Rodgers isn't here. So in a year when we basically can't win and are probably going to be quite bad, getting a bunch of picks and who knows, maybe we don't even make the playoffs. We have like a number 12 overall pick plus a, a pile of other picks. And next year we have picks. I'm not going to cry about Aaron Rodgers being somewhere else. I'm going to be annoyed by all the noise, but I would still do it. Yes, I would. Absolutely do not want him to retire at all. But again, I do know that that is somewhat popular for some people. 
Douglas has uh, several comments here. The first one, he says, the biggest offseason street is how will the Packers fit people under the cap? Remember, last year they did a pretty good job. It's kind of what I was saying before, too. Um, it always seems impossible, and then they do stuff, and it's like, well, I guess it works. I don't know. He, he illustrates, for example, bringing back Aaron Jones, which we said wasn't going to happen. It would be pretty much impossible. We did it. And we got him for a decent price and getting some other players back, which, again, we didn't think we could do. So let's just wait and see how it goes. Drew says, I think the plan was to trade Rodgers, but now I think they're going to keep him because uh, Love just hasn't shown enough to uh, win, given the opportunity. I think that's also a part of it. I really do. I'm, I'm still on the, the, the side that says we don't know what Jordan Love has because we haven't seen enough of him. But I am also completely of sound mind that um, he hasn't shown anything yet, right? I mean, that's, that's, it's, a, it's a positive and a negative. He's an unknown commodity, but the fact that he hasn't proven anything clearly means the Packers can't move on forward with him. But again, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of over that because as I look into the future, assuming we're signing Aaron Rodgers, I don't see that there is a future for Jordan Love on this team. Again, my, my thought on this is we'll probably keep it Jordan Love this year unless we can get some kind of a, a, a decent enough package that the Packers feel is, is good enough. But I doubt that they will, so I think he stays because he's still relatively cheap. They hope that they can drive up his value and get some positive production out of him and he can start playing really well, whether that be preseason or whatever, so that we can bump up that value a little bit and maybe trade him next year. Again, that's my assumption because I don't think we're going to pay the guy you know, 20 25 whatever million dollars a year it's going to cost to keep him to be a backup. Even if we exercise this fifth-year option, I think that's going to end up being too expensive, so we won't. So that's my assumption. It, assuming Aaron Rodgers comes back as soon as he puts pen to paper, unless it's a one-year deal, which would just be insane to me, um, I think Jordan goes. Final comment here comes from Scott. He says, in a recent podcast, Ryan mentioned Rodgers had a bad day against San Francisco, just like other quarterbacks. I think the question is, was it a bad day, or does San Francisco know that pressuring Rodgers and double-teaming Adams takes him off his game and is something that is repeatable in big games? Um, I mean, it was a bad day. I mean, there's really no question about it. Is the reason that he had a bad day largely due to the pressure? Yes. Both of those things are true. Is that repeatable in big games and that's why we can't seem to win big games? Yes. I've said that before. I think that's what Tampa did to us. That's what San Francisco did to us twice. They were able to pressure with four guys and that's a big part of the reason why I said moving forward, the biggest thing we have to do is get a better offensive line. We shouldn't have to because guys with lesser offensive lines are able to beat teams like San Francisco. In fact, we beat teams that are quite good defensive fronts. But for some reason, we get into the playoffs and we go up against teams with a couple good pass rushers. And um, I mean, that, that was a big thing this whole season is we went up against really good pass rushers and our guys held up, even our backups. Like it was crazy how well they held up. And then again, you get in against San Francisco and they just beat our guys. I don't know, but that's going to have to get cleaned up. Otherwise, you're right. I mean, it, it's... And I, and I do think Rodgers tends to be worse under pressure than other quarterbacks. I know that's probably going to fly in the face of what a lot of people think, but I, I just think he crumbles completely. I mean, nobody can play well under pressure, but he just gets to a point where when the pressure gets there enough, he's just his brain is just fried. He tries to do too much, he overcompensates, all this stuff, and it just becomes a really big problem. So, I mean, you know, it, it's true of every team, and the, the, the way that you beat it is you make it so that you can't do that, right? You build up the offensive line so that rushing four isn't enough. You, you know, provide other weapons, for example, a run game, or even more importantly, tight ends and other wide receivers, so that double-teaming Devontae Adams is to your own detriment, especially when Devontae can beat double-teams. That's, that's, that's the counter. Now, there's, there's always going to be a way to beat you, and then you need a counter, and, and ultimately what we're saying is, well, then just build a perfect team, which is impossible. But that's, that's what the, the thing is. And right now we're being beat because every single year Aaron Rodgers is getting pressured, and then he just struggles because he's under pressure, which again is understandable, but it's still a problem. And some of it is, is, you know, you can't anticipate David Bakhtiari still being out and Elton Jenkins going down and just the offensive line being as decimated as it was. So you can't even say, well, they've done a bad job with the offensive line. No, the guys got hurt. But I, I still think that offensive line is, is the key. If we can have just a completely dominant offensive line, even if we regress a little bit on defense, I mean, if, if Aaron Rodgers can stand in the pocket comfortably and we have just a dominant run game, there's nobody I'm scared of, you know. I'm just, I'm, I'm ready for that. An offensive line is the key to that. We have an elite quarterback, elite wide receiver, and elite running backs. Build up the offensive line. And if you want to get a bonus wide receiver next to Devontae that's just a stud, by all means. I hate to completely revert back to 2011, but you know what? If we're going to get to the playoffs and Aaron Rodgers is going to be under pressure and he can't perform, then we can't win. Even if our defense basically allows zero points in the game, we still lost. You got to have some defense, but I just, we, we, we can't win if Aaron Rodgers can't operate. Get an offensive line. 
fix it. And yes, my preference is to move on from Billy Turner because that guy has bad days every single time we come to the playoffs. Hate to keep picking on him, but I mean, you know, whatever. Anyways, uh, Benjamin Albright has been tweeting a couple different things recently. I want to touch on it because it's stuff that we've been talking about. But um, one of the things he says is, around the league, everyone knows Green Bay doesn't believe in love. Dealing him now would net a minimal return, a late day three pick. So we're talking like sixth round pick. He's not on the block and also isn't in demand, which is kind of what I was talking about. I think the Packers know that he's done, but there's no sense in trading him because he has no value. And so the goal is he's still relatively cheap. He's a cheap backup. Let him be a cheap backup and just hope and pray and keep your fingers crossed that he shows something and he just completely blows up with whatever minimal opportunities he has. Just hope that you find something so that when you trade him, he's worth something. Again, I, I kind of talked about the, the other issue is if, you know, let's say Aaron Rodgers gets hurt or something, Jordan Love comes out and he is just an absolute freak. Now that what do the Packers do? <laughs> nah, you know, you, you strain the relationship with Rodgers by getting Jordan Love and then you finally patch that up by extending Aaron Rodgers into the, the future and dedicating a ton of your cap to it and also simultaneously sending off Jordan Love and then you find out Jordan Love is a stud and now it's just doubly screwed or triply. I don't even know what we're up to anymore. Uh, he also commented on the Aaron Rodgers thing for Tuesday. His his expectation, well, it's not even his expectation. Let me just read what he said. My guess is Roger comes on and teases a decision next Tuesday for the ratings for his friend, but what do I know? In other words, he doesn't think that there's going to be an official word. He thinks he's going to hint at something so that the ratings blow up and that's going to be about the end of it. I don't know. He he may do that. He may not. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, again, he said he wants to give his decision relatively quickly. Um, doesn't have to be this week, but it would... It would make sense, and it sure would be nice if we were if we knew what direction we were going in. Not that we couldn't survive on speculation and, and rumors and drama for another week, but I'd rather not. But anyways, I think I'm going to leave it at that. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>